In a world where Drea and Jules drink wine one bottle at a time. Welcome to Two Girls and a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and I love a roadie. And I'm Jules, and today I'm coming at you from the floor. Yeah, that's that's a whole thing. It is a thing. <laughs> but it's a great excuse for a cocktail. So this episode, we're continuing our summer cocktail theme and taking our drinks on the road with Craft Mix Mixers. These low sugar packets promise to turn your favorite spirit into a delightfully balanced cocktail, making them the perfect travel companion. But we shall see. We shall see. And you know what's really difficult to do? Drink a cocktail when you're lying on your back. Oh, we got a bendy straw for you. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. (laughs) We're going to make this shit work. Oh, man, our Instagrams are going to be lit. Lit. (laughs) All right, but before we get into all that, let's start off with our recurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. Uh, Jules, what are you cheersing and jeersing for this cocktail theme episode? Today, I am cheersing to slushies, the adult alcoholic kind, not like the 7-Eleven slushies. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Especially our neighborhood place for inside. This time win. of year is like, oh, those things are the best. So good. Good slush eater. So I got drunk a couple weeks ago. You did? Yeah, shocking. I don't I believe it. And um, my dad, Andy, and I were like, let's make a slushy. Oh, no. We fucked it up It so doesn't hard. ever know. It needs it needs the right ratio of sugar to be slushy and not just icy. Well, and you and that's need, the problem with slushies. They're you, bad, bad hangover shit because Well, of and sugar. you can't just go and, like, throw in some ice and some booze. Like, no. that's, we, yeah. Yeah. No, we, don't do it. Yep. Don't, don't Been do there. Tried that. Leave it to the professionals with the machines. Which we are not. All right. And what are you jeersing? I'm jeersing to shitty, overpriced, not boozy drinks and or bad wine for that matter. Mm. I recently had a bad wine experience. It was a $12 glass of wine and I left half of it. It was disgusting. And I'm really mad at myself for just not saying something about it. Was it? At the restaurant. Like vinegar? Was it just It was like grape juice. Ooh. Like legit grape juice. I was like, this is not good. That's not... I think it had been sitting in, like, a warm area because it was by the kitchen in this restaurant. And I think the bottle may have been open for a while. Like, it just... It was all very bad. And when I leave a half a glass of wine sitting behind, like, you know it's not good. Yeah, this bitch put that ball of two-buck chuck from our college arc in her fridge. So Well, I used that for, like, cooking and stuff, though. I did not drink that. I think I gave it to Rob. <laughs> Actually, poor hot I think Rob. Rob. I think Rob drank it. Poor hot Rob. What are you cheersing to? I am currently cheersing to any cocktail with ice. It's fucking hot out. I oh, I love how the last episode you're like, it's not that hot out. Not that hot out. No, now it's hot. It's, no, it's hot. not that much hotter than it was back then. That's not it's true. just really dry, but also at times it's muggy right now. Oh, it's I was, like was going to be like, it's damp. I don't know what you're talking about, but I have... This... I feel like when this, when, like in the heat of the sun, it feels really dry. And then as soon as it gets to be like the evening, like early morning, evening, it feels muggy and damp. Yeah. Yeah, no. That, like this, this is not a healthy glow you're seeing. This is, this is a sheen of perspiration. <laughs> well, um, so what are you jeersing to? It's fucking hot out. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hot out. So there you go. It's fucking hot out. So it's because it's fucking hot out. 
Cocktails are great, but it's fucking hot out. <laughs> cheers and cheers, everyone. Alrighty, everybody. It's my favorite part of the podcast. It's show wineigans time. Man. I feel like Jules is really going to come in hot for this one, too. So, Oh, I am. <laughs> she ready. If you have traveled recently, you know that the friendly skies are getting less and less friendly these days. They're getting fucking ignorant. Whether it's insane bag fees, endless delays, overcrowded lounges... <sighs> Or unruly passengers acting a fool. Rude passengers. It seems like flying is becoming more and more challenging. However, these are no excuse for being a total asshole while in flight or at the airport. Now, we know we've been through this before, but based on some recent experiences, we feel like some folks may need a few reminders. We need to go over this shit again. Yeah. So, please... Dear listener, feel free to forward the segment to people who desperately fucking need it. Yes. Shouldn't feel free to it. say, hey, listen to this podcast. Start at minute this and finish at minute this just for the travel etiquette. Just for you. Just, just for, for you. you. Just so you know. All right. So we are giving you our top 10 rules of flight etiquette. All right, Jules, hit us with your number one. Number one has a few different components. <laughs> oh, man. One... <laughs> Keep your fucking shoes on. Keep your goddamn shoes on on a flight. No one needs to smell your stinky feet. Nope. Two, do not under any circumstances put your fucking feet on the person's armrest in front of you. No, no, no. And three, absolutely do not fucking walk into that lavatory in your bare feet or in your socks. Yeah, that's not water, everyone. It's urine. It's literal urine that you're stepping in. And then you're going to put your feet back in your shoes, which you should never have taken off in the first place. (sighs) Drea, go. I mean, listen, I'm right there with you. Enough with the fucking goddamn feet. Like, I have just not appropriate. I also, like, my annoyance starts even before you get on the plane. Where the fuck would anyone wear flip flops to the goddamn airport? No, no flip flops. Closed toes. Socks. And I don't you, need to see your nasty feet. Also, you know what I'm going to do with those socks when I get to my destination? I'm going to fucking hunk them in the garbage because they've just tracked over carpet with a bunch of other feet cells everywhere. Like, have you ever noticed that fucking TSA smells like feet? It's gross. It's gross. It's Keep your fucking feet to yourself. Yep. Also, I have, I know you've seen this. Someone fucking clipping their toenails oh, on a plane. Like, the fuck is wrong with I can't even. I can't even. Okay, nope. yeah, so enough with the feet. <laughs> All right, Jules, what's up next for you? Middle seat always gets the armrests. Both armrests. That person is stuck in the middle. Give them the dignity of giving them the armrest. You can lean against the window. You can lean out into the aisle. You don't need your armrest on the right and on the left. That middle person does. Fully agree. Fully agree. Um, so my next one is slightly related. No dude's junk. No dude's junk is big enough to justify manspreading. Oh, so fucking obnoxious. ever. Like, like, 
dude, your dick is not that huge. It's not. It's just not. There is no reason why your thigh needs to be in my space. None. And I do see this a lot in the middle seat because I'm firmly an aisle person. And I'm like, first of all, Me too. you're fucked. Second of all, I gave you the armrest. What else do you want? Third of all, get your fucking leg away from me. Yes, get away. Me. Get away from me. Get away. No don't touching. Touch me. No touching. No touching strangers. That's a bonus. Yeah. No Note. touching. <laughs> okay. Next. Do not use the seat in front of you to haul your ass up out of your seat. Unless you're disabled, of course, right? And you need the extra, you know, a little bit of room. But, like, I am so tired of people grabbing onto the back of my seat and, like, pulling all their body weight, pulling me back to bring themselves up. And then what they do, they walk down the aisle and they literally push on everyone's seat as they're walking down the aisle. Like, they're walking up a fucking mountain. You're walking up the aisle of an airplane. It's level. You don't need to purchase yourself. Drea, what's your next one? <laughs> this has really got me fired up. So you can see personal I'm space. I'm really excited about the multiple flights I have coming up in August. Personal space is a real theme for us. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so as we've already touched on, my annoyance starts well before I even get on a plane. And I will say, the I love traveling. And usually once I'm in flight, I'm fine. Airports are literally like being at the DMV for me. I fucking hate them. Do you know why? Because everyone loses their goddamn mind at an airport. They forget how to be human beings. And so, get your shit together at security. Like, know, first of all, know the rules. They've been the rules for fucking literally 20-some-odd years. It's fine. You gotta take your laptop out of your bag. You gotta take your shoes off. Like, get your act together. You gotta have liquids out. You can't have a giant water jet. Like, get it. Your fucking fifty ounce tube of fucking sunscreen. Get it. Oh, I didn't know I could be. I can't bring this. Fucking stupid. I literally almost murdered someone on my last international flight because because not only was this woman apparently completely brand new to I don't know the universe, but she (laughs) she turned to me and was trying to solicit sympathy. And as we all know, I am not she that is, person. She is not that bitch. <laughs> nope. Not, I was just like, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, listen, I imposed a rule in my marriage where I was like, I said to, to the Silver Fox, I can't take this anymore. And so once we get to security, you're on your own. You make it, you make it. You don't, <laughs> I'm going on vacation. Like, that's the way I handle that. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to keep this next one really simple. They're called headphones. Fucking use them. You don't want to hear the Baby Shark song for... I don't want to hear your kids' video game. I don't want to hear your fucking grandkids' video that they sent you on a text message. I don't want to hear the fucking movie that you're watching. It is completely inappropriate to not have a headset on. Headphones, AirPods, fucking Bose, noise canceling, whatever it is... Your shit needs to be only in your ears and no one else's. Agreed. Agreed. Continuing with my general annoyance theme. Fucking know who you are at the airport. Know who you are. The plane is not going to leave fucking without you if you're there. Well, it might. 
if you're there. Okay, yeah. So, like, if they're like, we are now boarding our first class premium Diamond Select passengers, don't rush to the front. When don't you're be boarding group five. Like, you're boarding group D. You are in the you're cargo lucky to hold. That's not you. Be there, okay? <laughs> like, I get that you're going on a cruise, know Mavis. Know your place. But just <laughs> fucking figure it out. Like, also, know your fucking name. If they're calling your name in that terminal because you're at the bar and they're boarding your plane, you should be paying attention. Yeah, that's on you. Yes. That's on you. Correct. All right. Next up. When you are deplaning. So deplaning is when the plane lands and they turn the seatbelt sign off and everybody stands up <laughs> and starts gathering their things to get off the plane. Do not act like you are the person in front of you's backpack. I don't need to be wearing you on my back. <laughs> it is not going to make me get off the plane any faster because guess what? There is someone in front of me and someone in front of them and someone in front of them unless you're in first class. But I am so fucking tired of people literally breathing onto my neck because they're so close to me because they can't wait to get off the plane. We all want to get off the fucking plane, asshole. Everyone I don't need your hot, nasty breath anywhere near my face. I'm just going to start to take a spray bottle and, like, have them fill it up. Yeah. Oh, like go. mace. I'm just going to start macing people. Fuck that. No, don't do that. Because then you're going to be I'd on the arrested. news. Yeah, you're going to get arrested. You have... I'm a citizen now, though, so they can't kick me out of the country. That's, That's true. a bonus. But you have dogs to support. So I could try that. There you go. Oh, Rob supports the dogs. <laughs> Hot Rob. Sorry. I'm going to jail. <laughs> Keep supporting My them. My minimal dog. income is not going to come in anymore. Hot, Hot Rob. Don't bail her out. <laughs> just let, just let her rot. Just let her stew there for a while. Maybe she'll learn. <laughs> okay. okay, what's our final tip? Final tip. And this kind of goes for all things service industry. Flight attendants are not your bitch. No. They are not. They are there to fucking do a job like everybody else. And so... And they, you know, they are part of our service industry, but their their job is a little bit more challenging because they have all these sort of rules and regulations they have to follow. So you don't die. So maybe don't punch them in the face. Okay. Or just don't be. Or don't be an asshole and don't be demanding and don't be entitled. Just be fucking chill. You want a snack? Guess what? That can of Pringles that's going to cause you anal leakage is going to cost you $8. So maybe pack some purse nuts. It's just a pro tip. Purse nuts. Also, just FYI, the flight attendants don't start getting paid until the aircraft doors close. Right. So when you're on a delay and you're sitting on that flight for one or two hours and you're just sitting at the terminal. And you're yelling at and them. And you're yelling at them. They're not even fucking getting paid for that shit. Which I think is insane. Yeah. They should be getting paid the moment they step foot in the airport because they have to be there an hour before the flight. Oh, dude. They're going to be the next ones to go on strike because, you know, everyone's going on strike right now and I'm here for so it. So anyway, treat flight attendants like the fucking human beings that they are that are trying to provide you with a safe flight and good in-flight service. Yeah. And who knows? You may be one of those assholes who goes into medical dis. And, and then they're like, ooh, I forgot how to do my CPR. And I'll also, ooh, there's no doctors on board. <laughs> Even though they're going to a medical conference. Sorry. We're not even going to announce it. Sorry about your luck, asshole. Would you like, a bitch. Would you like some peanuts? <laughs> oh, you're allergic to peanuts? Let me open the bag for you. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there you, there you have it. So, uh, our Schweinigans giving you advice for how to be a better human.
You're welcome. And if you're surprised by any of these, Oof. I'm not even really sure what to say. Bye. Bye. For episode 60, we are not actually bringing you a bottle of anything, but rather we are bringing you a cocktail mixer. This one is called Craft Mix, and it's a variety pack. Price point for this is $14.99 for a pack of 12 cocktail mix packets. Andrea, they make one cocktail per packet? Yep, okay. one craft cocktail. Perfect. So you get 12 cocktails for $14.99 plus the cost of whatever booze you're putting in. So it's a pretty good deal. ABV is, of course, choose your own adventure based on the spirit that you are mixing your packet with. And some basics about the craft mix cocktail mixers, they're all natural, they're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're non-GMO, they're gluten-free, and most importantly, they're vegan. God, why are you being so hateful? Because, like, what the <laughs> fuck? I feel like I read the stuff is vegan, and I'm like, of course it's fucking vegan. Why would it not be vegan? It's Chocolate. just like a marketing gimmick, right? To put gluten-free, vegan. I'm like, it's always been gluten-free, and it's always been vegan. I mean, oh, it's just annoying. Salde Gosano I for just your margarita. Annoyed. The blood of Christ. The blood of my enemies. Rimming my margarita. Shaken, not yes. stirred. Something you like know, that. there's lots of ways to not make a vegan. Stupid. <laughs> Anywho, so our variety pack features the following: blood orange mai tai, which we'll be mixing with rum; passion fruit paloma, which we will be mixing with mezcal; mango margarita, which we'll be using tequila for. And finally, a strawberry mule, which we will be mixing with vodka, but I may not actually be trying because I'm not a big vodka person. But neither are you. No, it's because so it's a horse drink. Maybe we do, um, we could do whiskey for that one. Oh, we could do like a Kentucky version yeah. of the mule. Yeah, okay. so we might have to change. Yeah, so stay tuned, everyone. We're not sure. Porcano's dose. We're, we're not fucking organized. We're <laughs> very organized, but not in that sense. They also offer a classic margarita, a mint mojito, and espresso martini, which sounds absolutely fucking disgusting to me. But anyway. Oh, see, I'm like... In a packet? No. With, with, have you ever had an espresso martini with mezcal? But because I'm saying, like, I don't even like an espresso martini that's made at a nice cocktail bar. Like, I'm not going to like it out of a packet. So I'll leave that one all up to you. Some God, fun look facts. at you just laying down the judgment. I'm laying down the law today. Listen. This is what happens when you have a back spasm and you're lying flat. When you're just laying down. down. You're just fucking on your back and you got nothing else to do but be angry. So, for your fun facts today, your angry fun facts. <laughs> Grim. Grim. <laughs> Traditionally, cocktail ingredients included spirits, sugar, water, and bitters, which is not that far from what we're going to drink today, except our selection is in powder form, which is much more convenient. And speaking of powder, not the white powder, the first powdered drink mix was Polypop, invented by Paul Stevens Hollins in 1922, and it was later sold to General Foods in 1953. Fun fact about Jules, I used to love just eating tang powder, orange tang powder. Like fun dip style? Yes. Oh, that's disgusting. Yep. Wow. Loved it. Wow. Because it was like kind of sour and like major mouth pucker. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> God, I haven't had tang in forever. I'd probably die now. It's so sweet. 
<laughs> I don't drink any of that shit anymore. A couple, I think it was like height of the pandemic when, you know, everyone's just fucking around yeah. because that's all you that's, can do. We're all going to die anyway. Right. I think John and I, like one of our curbside Target pickups was, I was just like, let's get some fucking Kool-Aid. Oh, God. Like, well, we were sitting Let's out, dye our hair. <laughs> well, we were sitting out in our stupid little inflatable kiddie pool. And we, like, made a big production, made this fucking Kool-Aid. I was like, oh, God, I have diabetes. This is fucking <laughs> terrible. Pass it's the rosé. Pass the rosé. It's true. Um, and then specifically, fun fact about Craft Mix, the team spent over six months testing their first drink packets before they even hit the market. So there's been some good R&D for this, although six months doesn't really seem like that long, but we'll find out if it was worth the wait. I mean, we about to Or if the wait was not long enough. Dun, dun, dun. So, Drea, tell us a little bit about the history of the cocktail. So, you know I love this stuff. Uh, The origins of the term cocktail have long been debated, no surprise there, but the first use of the word for an alcoholic mixed drink appeared in the Farmer's Cabinet in 1803 in the United States. As a result, the modern cocktail is normally or traditionally thought of as an American invention, invention, hashtag the American dream. But yes, of course, the Greeks and the Romans had early versions of the cocktail. And yes, they were wine-based. Don't be ridiculous. We've heard this all Don't before. Yes. However, there is, of course, a colonial connection. Colonial! Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) Remember, the United States was originally a colony of Britain, and the Brits were famous for their British punches. Big old bowls of spirits mixed with fruit, juices, spices, and wines or spirits, and sounds like sangria. I'm sure there's more colonialism somewhere in there. These punches were so popular that they spurred an entire industry of British punch houses in the 18th century. In fact, the term cocktail even appears in a British newspaper in 1798. So who the fuck even knows? Who knows? But also, let's be real. Americans really like to think they invented Everything. Oh, for sure. Zee. There's no fucking way the cocktail was invented in the United States. Like, people have been making cocktails for centuries. Right. I mean, we talked about this on our Sangria episode recently, right? I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling Champagne you. with like a fruit juice. Like, right. From 75 yes. type stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Back anyway, to the official story. Back to the official story. Uh, in 1862, Jerry Thomas, a Connecticut-born bartender hence American, published a bartending guide titled How to Mix Drinks or The Bon Vivant's Companion, which included 10 cocktail recipes. It became an instant classic and cocktails became an American staple. What Americans did was commoditize the cocktail, right? Like, it's all marketing thing. Like, oh, there's a book of the cocktails. All these bartenders like, are famous. Look at the flair bartending. All that bullshit. Like, hello. So as capitalism, a, as a former British, as a former citizen of the crown, still for, still citizen of the crown. Wait, I thought you. I'm a U.S. citizen, but I'm still a British citizen. Oh, you just have the single passport though now. No, I have both passports. 
Oh, you're like fucking CIA. Look at you. Listen, Go. People don't think that I'm a secret agent for no reason. I do like this. Okay. Uh, so our punch house is still a thing? I don't know. I think they're becoming a little bit more popular. I'm just saying like they're... I the last time we were in Scotland, there wasn't anything specifically called a punch house, but I do feel like when we can check with my cousins in Scotland if that's a thing. But I know for sure, like here a few years ago, there were a couple big bars that had the punch bowls. Well, like they well, used that punch bowl, and there was, and you know, you go to antique stores and you can find amazing punch, punch bowls, bowls with yep. the glasses and like the it was a whole thing. I got one. So I'm sure if I went to a nice enough bar. When I'm over in the UK, which I just don't tend to do, we tend to just go to like the pubs and stuff. There's probably punch bowls. Well, in here in San Diego, there's a place called Punch Bowl Social. I've never been there. And their big thing is we obviously punch need to go. Clearly, I mean, I mean, it's research. It is research. <laughs> okay, so um, and then what happened? Where were we? Oh, then what happened? Duh, duh. Prohibition. Prohibition. <laughs> Which put the brakes on Puritanism any in the United States. cocktail making, liquor consumption, and let's be honest, general good times. Um, but what really saves the cocktail industry in the U.S. was, of course, the world wars. With American... Of course. <laughs> world wars. Wars good saving, for... <laughs> saving the fucking industry. Wars always been good for business. Here we are. In America. Um, with Americans traveling abroad as part of the war effort, people were drinking everything from French 75s to sangrias to tiki drinks in the Pacific. This global movement created new possibilities and opportunities in post-prohibition America. And by the mid-20th century, cocktail culture was back on the map with the popularity of drinks like martinis, Manhattans, and old fashioned. So we really see a resurgence in those classic cocktails that harken back to those original recipes. Okay, so here's a question. Is it an old fashioned or is it an old fashioned? Because I've heard it referred to both ways. I think it's old fashioned. With the ED, right? Yeah. But doesn't that sound, fucking know doesn't this. the plural sound weird? The old fashions, just saying from the you know. Um, okay, so everything is telling me that it's old fashioned, not old fashioned, old fashioned. I'm old fashioned. You are old fashioned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there you go, old fashioned. There you have it. Okay, so all your burning questions answered right here on this episode. Could have been a fun fact. Uh, so we see this resurgence. Right, but then we see a dip in cocktail culture from the 1960s to the 1980s as other things like wine, champagne, and drug culture thrive. <laughs> so, 60s, 80s. Well, and I love it. If you remember some of our um, previous episodes where we take a deep dive into like Napa Sonoma uh, and the California wine industry, this tracks, right? Because it's during that late 60s to early 90s period that those industries are growing rapidly so you know i guess you can only drink so much but whatever um in the 1990s new york's famed rainbow room began reviving classic cocktails under legendary bartender dale degroff marrying historic recipes with new top shelf spirits and this really kind of 
gains momentum and gets more bartenders and more patrons interested in what we know today as the craft cocktail. Um, today's cocktails are seeing, however, yet another transformation. The COVID-19 pandemic created new markets and opportunities for cocktails and include mixers like Craft Mix, uh, in addition to canned and bottled cocktails, making consumption both easy and convenient. Can I can I add another jeers? Oh, for fuck's sake. Please, please. Okay, so you're talking about the Rainbow Room, you know, having recipes of top shelf spirits. I was just thinking about that bar here in San Diego that got shut down at the holidays because they got found out, like, filling bottles with, like, swill. <laughs> like, filling, like, their booze bottles with, like, bullshit, like, cheap vodka instead of, like, <laughs> like Grey Goose or something, you know Like what I mean? Kirkland? Yeah. No, Kirkland actually is Grey Goose. Oh, that is, that's right. It is Kirkland. All Grey the Kirkland brands are, like, a very good brand, but, like, we're talking, like, Smirnoff or not even. Stoltenaya or whatever. Ugh. Like, the shit that I would buy in, like, college because I was poor, but yeah. So that's a little jeers. And it was a major conglomerate of bars around San Diego, which cool. is just super shady. And they're charging, you know, like $16, $17 a cocktail. Yeah. And not even having good booze in it. Try 20. Ch- inflation, you know what I'm oh, saying? Shit. Yeah. So anyway, that little aside of that jeers, please continue with more information about the Craft Mix Company. Thank you. So Craft Mix is pretty interesting because they're a very new new um, presence on the craft cocktail market. So their journey started on Kickstarter in 2018. And the idea was born when founder Jake Tenenbaum was getting ready to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, colonialism, but fucking fine, I guess, with some of his friends. While he had planned to make mango margaritas, he realized he was missing a key ingredient. Mangoes. Sounds like poor planning, Jake, but okay. Jake, Um, buddy. He also didn't have specialized cocktail equipment at home, like shakers, strainers, and a blender. Isn't he a bartender? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, this is just sounding like bro stuff. I mean... Kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. some bro stuff. I, you know, I'm sure Jake would be like, yeah, it's some bro it stuff. It was bro shit. It was bro shit. <laughs> uh, he, but, but, out of bro shit was born quite the business model. Because he realized that cocktail making didn't have to be complicated. And the idea for Craft Mix was born. Once the idea was clear, the applications seemed endless. How nice would it be to easily make a cocktail on a plane, at parties with nothing but shitty beer, at concerts, or... Can you imagine you're at a party and you just bust out your own little, like, cocktail mix? Yeah, your shit is shit. I don't want it. You know what? There's no shame in my fucking game. Don't be stirring me some nonsense. in the fucking bathroom at a party mixing (laughs) her own cocktail. She's taking her mini airplane bottles out of her purse, out of her bra. Someone's knocking on, like, password. Yeah, exactly. She comes prepared in case the right booze is not Listen, you want a toilet speakeasy? I'm your girl. Um... So, yeah, but the appeal of having a bartender kit in your pocket became the seeds of the business. Tenenbaum spent a year developing the project before putting it on Kickstarter to raise funds. And even today, he names raising the capital to take the business to the next level as the largest challenge the company has faced. From kitchen experiments to mass to a mass production facility and offices in Marina Del Rey, California, which is not swanky as fuck. 
Kraft Mix <laughs> saw significant retail growth in its first two years on the market and is now Amazon's lead selling cocktail beverage mixer. And they're also sold in over 1,300 brick and mortar stores across the United States. Like, that's crazy to me. So, accessible to yeah. everybody. How fa- well, and the, honestly, so Craft Mix is not the only like powdered cocktail. Um, mixer on the market but they are by far the most prolific and accessible so when you can i full disclosure i ordered our packet on amazon it got here in two days thank you prime and yeah now we are fully stocked and ready to go but ready for a shitty party but you don't know it's gonna be a shitty party i'm saying if you're go you're we're ready to go to a shitty party come to my come to my toilet speakeasy well you're just so aggro (laughs) toilet speakeasy coming soon sponsored by two girls in a grave but i mean just their growth and how quickly they grew is is crazy to me um, of the company's success, Tenenbaum says, quote, I'm absolutely floored that this round was oversubscribed. So he's talking about the Kickstarter by such incredible investors. We set out to raise one million and ended up having to turn down a few investments. It's such an incredible feeling when such successful like minded individuals are overjoyed to invest in a company I've built from the ground up. Things haven't always been easy, and there have been countless 16-hour workdays to get there, not to be, to get here. Not to be cliche, but it's why I truly believe anything is possible if you really put your mind to it. Seriously, this is the American dream. And we've come full circle. (laughs) So, are we ready to make some cocktails and see if Jake is right or if he's just broing around? Well, I don't think Jules is going to be making a cocktail. From the floor. I got but you. But Drea can make them. I'm going to take all my supplies to your bathroom, and here we go. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. For our tasting discussion today, we're doing something a little bit different. So we've tried all of the cocktails, and we're going to do a recap, because it would have just taken way too fucking long to just... Try them all on air. And no one got time for that. And no one's got time for that, especially you, dear listener. So, um, the four flavors that we're trying today are the Mango Margarita, the Passion Fruit Paloma, the um, Strawberry Mule, and the Blood Orange Mai Tai. And I will say that earlier today, I... Um, was looking for a playlist that might go with a fun little cocktail hour. And there's one on Spotify called Upbeat Cocktail Hour that's super fun. Got a really good mix of different genres of music. So if you want to check that out, it's not a curated list by Two Girls and a Grape, but it's a really cool Spotify list that's out there. So Drea, kick us off with... um, Oh, so wait, I do have to tell you how we're organizing the tasting discussion. We're going... We ranked the drinks from our favorite to least favorite so we're going to start with our favorite one and get increasingly surly yes yes okay so getting salty coming in at the top number one is the strawberry mule now that we made with bourbon full yeah full disclosure this packet says to pair with vodka but we don't like vodka yeah neither Jules nor i fuck with that so we did use um 
Well, we made a Kentucky-style mule. So we used bullet rye, and all of these are paired with sparkling water. So it's the spirit. The plain LaCroix. Yeah. The blue can of LaCroix. Two water. ounces of sparkling water, plain sparkling water. So in another full disclosure, all of these we have found have the same artificial sweetener aftertaste. And so we were smart hoes for once and read the ingredients list. And lo and behold, it's fucking stevia. stevia. Now, while stevia is made from plants, it's still... It just has that aftertaste. And neither Dre or I are big sugar people. Like, we don't eat a ton of sugar and we don't drink a ton of sugary drinks. So well, and, these and we definitely hit the cavities in we, the mouth. We also <laughs> definitely don't do um, artificial sweeteners. Right, like, no. you know, both Jules and I are either reaching, even when we do cock, like I even rarely do simple syrup. I'll do like agave or honey yeah. a lot of times. So, you know, it. this was this was quite the shock, shock to, to our palates. Yeah. Yes. Um, but since we had to pick a favorite, foreshadowing, this one was probably the best of the pack. This was the least offensive. Yeah. It tastes the most <laughs> like the actual thing it's supposed to be. Yeah. Which is a strawberry mule. So, like, the fruit flavoring is there, but it's subtle. You can kind of taste the bourbon, which is good. It doesn't get overshadowed um, by that, that artificial sweetener, but that aftertaste is definitely still there. But if you're you're on the road and you're in a pinch, like, you can probably make this work. So in terms of pairing, um, I would suggest something picnic-y because it's a strawberry. It's a mule. It's summertime. Go on a picnic. It's portable. Yeah. It's like burger, grilled chicken, a sando, like something that's going to be easy and portable. So that was coming in at number one. What was our second favorite, Jules? Coming in at number two was the passion fruit paloma. That we made with the Silencio Mezcal and the plain sparkling water. So this um, tasted decent, I think, because of the Mezcal. But like Drea said, you still just taste that um, sort of like that aftertaste of the artificial sweetener. And it's... It kind of felt like you inhaled some of the actual powder. Girl, I thought I was going to have to bring out my fucking asthma inhaler. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the passion fruit was subtle, not overpowering, which is good. But also, I just think that the thing that has just been a theme in these drinks is just that sweetener taste versus any kind of natural flavor, natural fruit. flavor yeah. of the fruit. Um, for the pairing uh, for the passion fruit Paloma, we thought that something like a steak with chimichurri sauce would be good or just in general barbecue meats. Um, or, you know, since you're going to be going to that shitty party with a toilet speakeasy, you know, probably a hot dog. Maybe. I, I, like a grilled hot dog. Like a good grilled hot dog. <laughs> like a Hebrew national. Yes. Nathan's grilled hot dog. Correct. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go to this party anymore. <laughs> She's now not into this party because we're drinking toilet drinks, like not in the toilet. <laughs> Okay, coming in at number three. Number three, the mango margarita. We paired this with Don Julio Tequila Blanco and, again, the sparkling water. Um, I kind of want to say that I'm a little annoyed that we wasted 
all that booze on these drinks. I know. We did buy cute mini bottles, though, and but that we was ma- fun. we said those mini bottles. I mean, the guy yeah. at our local liquor store also looked at me like I was a raging alcoholic, especially oh. when I tucked the bag into my purse, but he that's knows. neither here nor there. He knows. I was like, buddy, you've seen me here plenty of times. Well, it's better than you tucking them into your pockets and stuff. Oh, really I would say bra. I would have done that. I would have been like... <laughs> Um, that's a different episode, but so this one was actually the first one we drank, the first one we made and drank, and, and it's not good. Immediately when we pour, when you pour that powder into the glass with the tequila, we were like, "Tang." Oh. It was tang. It looked exactly like. Trey's like, "Here's your tang." It looked like it actually looked more like tang and Sunny Delight had a oh, baby. Yeah, it was like. And then what that did you call it? An orange Julius. Oh, when yeah. You mixed it up. When you mixed it up, then yeah. it looked like a fucking frothy orange Julius. And I was like, oh, this this yeah. bodes well, this does not bode well for us. And yeah. here's the thing, though. Like, you got the sweetness of it. And that was the first thing we noticed is it tasted a lot sweeter than we had expected. But there wasn't a ton of mango flavor, to be honest. It was just honest. sweet. It was and this just was the sweet. first one. So, yeah. to be fair, it hit us like a ton of fucking bricks. Too. I mean, and listen, we, we two girls in a grapeified this, so we obviously used more tequila than suggested. And we tried to cut the And then the we added more sparkling with water. With sparkling water. Yeah. And that's that's when we knew we were in over our heads. But, yeah. you know, if if you are in a, to- if you do find yourself in a toilet speakeasy and like <laughs> this is your only fucking option, girl, get some t- chips and salsa, like fucking stack. You want spicy, you salty. want salty, like you, you go find a fucking carnitas taco wherever you need to go find a carnitas taco. You just, you make it happen for yourself. Yep. Survival of the fittest out there, man. This is true. Or, you know, you can just choose not to drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jules, rounding out the rear. <laughs> And in last place, wah, by a long wah, fucking wah. shot. Like, it's still fucking running. Like, it didn't even leave the Drea game. was so, she was really worried that she was going to be disappointed by this one. And she's like, I couldn't be, I couldn't have understood how disappointed I was going to be. So, in last place was the blood orange Mai Tai made with Bacardi rum and then the sparkling water. And before you start fucking coming for us because of the goddamn Bacardi rum, listen. That's what came in the mini. Yeah, you can only find so many goddamn minis. And I don't know that there was any rum that was going to save this. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I... First of all, the color of it was this, like... Neon orange? It wasn't a Mai Tai. Mai Tais are, like, yellowish, brownish Brown. orange. This was, like, a reddish... It looked like a fucking tequila sunrise. Yeah, it wasn't good. So anyway, by far the worst. Tasted like a Pez and Pop Rocks. <laughs> this is my description. And garbage had a fucking baby. <laughs> a horrid, horrid baby. We decided in a that, toilet. Like they had the baby in a we toilet. We decided that the pairing for this is literally nothing. <laughs> Just go get yourself another fucking cocktail. Like at this point, do it. You listen. If save at this yourself. Point, at this point, if you've you got to pay, like. $32 fucking dollars at 6 in the morning for a cocktail at the airport? Just fucking do it. Yes. Just do it. Don't stay away from the blood orange. Cut your losses. Don't look back. Don't, Don't do look it. back. You're welcome. So the whole thing that started this idea to do these single serving cocktails was that I found a little cocktail mix called Noble Mix Single Serve Cocktail. And... 
we decided to try one of those and kind of compare and contrast. So we picked the Paloma. Right. And the reason we ultimately went with Craft Mix for the episode was because of ease of um, availability, right? Yeah. So you would be able to find these from a ton of retailers. We wanted to make sure that we got something fairly accessible um, for everybody. But Noble Mix, you know, they you're going to find them more in specialty stores. I think you found yours in a bougie AF little boutique yeah. here in, South, in um, San Diego. And they're $2.99 a packet, so... $3.99, you said, right? $2.99. Oh, they're $2.99. $2.99, okay. single serving. So about three times the price of Craft Mix. Craft Crack Mix. I mean, basically it's Crack Mix. I mean, whatever. I don't but even care at this point. you get point. what you pay for. You really do, it And I will out. say, we read the ingredients of the Noble Mix, and I would say Noble Mix is Noble Mix, M-I-C-K apostrophe X, or S, like Mick, like Mick the Like Mick name. Jagger? Yes. Oh. Noble Mix. Um, and the ingredients seem to be a lot cleaner. So, for example, one of the packets has beet juice is what's giving it the color. So They're um, also using actual cane sugar. Yes, they're not using the stevia. And, you know, even though we disclose that we're not huge, like, we drink our sugar and our wine. We, we don't really do a lot of sugar outside of that. Um, if you're going to do it, like it's got to me, it's got to be sort of the real deal, you know. Like if I'm not if I'm not stuffing my fucking face with cookies every night, then like I, don't I want something. Yeah, good. I want if I'm gonna do it, I want something good. It's worth it to and me. And still at two ninety nine, you're still getting a decent cocktail for a really cheap price. Yeah, exactly. Especially on a flight, if you're on a kind of flight where you can get. They give you a drink for free. They give you the little like on an for international free. flight. You're yeah. only paying two ninety nine for a really like pretty decent cocktail. This or is good. Yeah, if this you fly one. Southwest, you know they hand out those fucking drink coupons like candy at Halloween. So have at it. But yeah, this is good. We were like, oh, thank. So full disclosure, we put a bottle. Of, we're not even doing a bottle of wine. This episode, we put a fucking bottle of rosé in the freezer because we like we were we like can't, it can't we can't, can't end, end like this. this we can't. But can't this was a, this was good. The mix, um, the noble mix single serve cocktail is actually something that we would recommend. So if you can find that, that we only tried the Paloma. We tried to do like a you know compare apples to apples. So it was a Paloma made with the mezcal, just like we made um, the Paloma. And you can actually taste the mezcal, which. It's not, it's not overpoweringly sweet, so. Yeah. It's not a neon color. So that one gets our stamp of approval. Two girls and a grape approved. Okay. So what are we doing for our next bottle? So next up is our August arc, and we are ending summer with a, <laughs> oh girl, it's going to be like 2,000 degrees here till it's like true. November. It's true. Um, but we are kind of saying goodbye to the official part of summer with a couple of um, episodes where we're going to do a summer white, the ode to the, or a summer white wine, and moving into a transition period, an orange wine. Transitioning into September fallish type stuff. Spooky season! Not yet. Spooky season? That's October. Spooky season. We have September Liz. to go. What the fuck's going on in September? It's not spooky season yet, girl. girl. I mean, I know that fucking Costco has Halloween shit out already. By the way, what the fuck with that? But. Listen, I know we both got married in September. 
So that makes it spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, follow along for those. Uh, if you decide you want to prof- purchase Craft Mix, it's don't. readily available on Amazon. Don't do it. But We don't um, recommend it. Yeah, you know what? Just drink your bruise. Just raw dog it when you Just drink Just literally bruise. open up that fucking little airplane bottle, get a ga- glass of ice, and just pour your fucking booze over that and drink it straight. If you really... A little squeeze of lime or something. I mean, if you really are desperate, get a ginger ale and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on that note, um, and if you want more of all this... Follow us on Instagram. We're at Two Girls and a Great Pod. That's T W O Girls and a Great Pod. Uh, we got all sorts of fun shenanigans happening over there. Shawinigans. Shawinigans. And if you really enjoy our incredible, impeccable banter, honesty, uh, rate this episode, give us five stars, and follow. And until next time, cheers. Salute. <laughs>